0: Topic 14 is all about investments. Some other types of investments are real estate. This consists of primary residence, rental property, and land. There's also an REIT, which stands for Real Estate Investment Fund. You can also invest in commodities such as grain, livestock, and fruit. With these, their produce is, is uh, dependent on the weather, so you are essentially betting on the weather. There are also precious metals such as gold and silver. Gold prices rise with political unrest, war, and inflation. Gems must be certified and graded, so the price will vary for these. The reason that gold prices rise with political unrest is because they have a solid value. They don't inflate as much as money does. Gold doesn't lose its value, whereas a dollar is really when you think about just some paper. Gold is a precious metal, and it's harder for it to lose value. There is also currency and financial instruments, which are countries that trade raw goods that aren't finished. Another form of investment is collectibles, which is the investment of ancient coins, works of art, rare items, and anything really that will rise in value over time due to the rarity of the item. So, yep, that's topic 14. Topic 15 is about employee benefits and retirement plans. So, some common employee benefits are non-salary benefits, defined benefit, and defined contribution. The most common employment retirement plans would be a 401k, which is for profit businesses, and a 403b, which is for nonprofit slash charities, schools, or churches. So basically, the 401k, the 403b, these are a retirement fund that your job basically sponsors. I I guess is my word for it. If you put in say twenty dollars into your um, 401k, your employer usually will match that twenty dollars that you put into it. So it's a really good way to save up money for retirement. There's also an IRA, which is a individual retirement account. There's a traditional IRA, which is tax deductible on both state and federal tax returns for the year. You make the contribution. And there's also a Roth IRA, which provides no tax break for contributions, but earnings and withdrawals are generally tax free. So then there's also pre-tax contributions and after-tax contributions. So yeah, that's topic 15. Topic 16 is all about components of risk. So one component of risk is inflation, and this is the general rise in prices that affect everyone. So for inflation, let's say with minimum wage, people are trying to get minimum wage raised nowadays. If they raise minimum wage to $15 an hour, which is, I think minimum wage is $10 right now in Illinois. So if they raise minimum wage to $15 an hour, that means the price of goods also gonna go up 50% in order to match the how much people are paying because the people who are hiring these employees, they're losing 50% of their money just on paying them hourly. So they're going to have to raise the prices of their items by 50% in order to account for these losses. That's inflation. Interest rate. If you put money in a fixed bond rate, if the interest rate goes up, then the value of your investment goes down. So if you put it in a fixed rate that's not tied to the how well the economy is doing, if the interest rates go up, then the value of your investment goes down. So you're going to be making less money because your money is actually going to be worth less and less each year. It, it's not tied to inflation. So if the mo- if the inflation, if money starts to inflate faster than the interest rate, then you're essentially just gonna be losing money. Uh, there's also business failure, which uh, lower profits equal lower dividends. Closed doors equals no profits, pretty simple. Financial market risk. This is social slash political conditions affect the state of the financial market. Tariffs, trade wars. So the trade war that we have with China, that's a financial market risk. Global investment risk. Um, some things to come at this are you could um, invest in global mutual funds rather than individual international stocks. So if, a con- if something bad is happening in a country, then if you have stocks around the whole world, then it kind of balance that out. It's kind of put, not putting all of your eggs into one basket. You can also consider the currency exchange rate. If you buy stock in a French company, then you're paid in euros, then convert to dollars. The conversion rate between euros and dollars is changing constantly. So depending on when you convert, you could be making more or less money. So that's topic 16. Topic 17 is all about evaluating your options. So one of those major parts of this topic is safety and risk versus potential return return. So basically as the risk goes up, so does the potential return. You could say with like penny stocks as an example, they're a lot more risky since they're a lot harder to actually figure out whether they're gonna go up or down. They're not these like companies that have been around for a long time. You don't they're very volatile. So the more money you put into a penny side, they, they also have the ability to, since they're so cheap, they could skyrocket in price. So, But they could also shoot down in price really fast. So that's a really good example of risk versus return. Um, investment income, there's savings account, CDs, US bonds, treasury bills, all of those things are safer or stable. They have a the interest rate is basically fixed or it's not fixed. I would say it's based off of something else. So it's not going to, you know, make you lose thousands of dollars when you invest. It's really stable. The interest rate is known as well as the due date. So yeah. Investment growth. um, There's common in growth stocks. You usually reinvest profits instead of paying dividends. That makes sense if you're trying to grow your portfolio. You're not going to make money off of stocks after you sell them and then just spend that money and then invest the same amount. No, you're going to try to keep on getting more money with that money that you made. Invest in liquidity. How quickly can I get the money? The more liquidity, there's typically rest return. Um, your risk tolerance score. Um, that's basically, we just did that in class. <laughs> so basically, yeah, that's topic 17. Topic 18 is my portfolio at age 30. So for my portfolio, I saw probably about 10% in cash, 15% in savings, 20% in checking, 35% in single stocks, and 20% in real estate. Now, for the 10% in cash, I'd probably just have 10% in case I need any money immediately to buy anything. 15% in savings. I only put this much in savings because I don't really think savings is a good way to make a lot of money. I think there's better ways to use your own money to make money through interest. Savings just doesn't yield that much interest, but it is secure. So I'd probably have some money in there to fall back on. And I'd probably have about 20% in checking just in case I need to do a bigger purchase or I just need to like pay off loans or anything, student debt, just like that. 20% in checking. 35% in single stocks. Now, I wouldn't put it all into a single stock. I would probably spread it across the entire stock market. I'd probably invest in different sectors like energy, industry, healthcare, stuff like that. So I could make a lot of money that way. I'd probably have about 20% in real estate because I know real estate is a good way to make money. And yeah, that's my portfolio at age 30. Okay, the assignment wrap up. So one of the questions asked is, "What is the key to investing?" And I think the key to investing is to diversify your portfolio. If you put all your eggs into one basket, you have the potential to lose more money than you would spreading all of your investments into different sectors or types of investments. Basically, so the other question is to describe the relationship between risk and return on investment. So the more risk you are with your investments, the greater the potential return is going to be. The safer you are with your investments, the return on investment is going to be less. However, risk can also lead to losing a lot of money in your investment. While being less risky will lead to less money potentially lost. So basically, the riskier you are, the greater potential you have. You can lose more money, but you can also gain more money. And the less the less risky you are, you're going to lose less money, but you could also gain less money. Uh, identify two forms of saving and two forms of investing. Um, two forms of saving are going to be uh, traditional savings accounts and a certificate of deposit account. Two forms of investing would be um, buying stocks and options as as well. Um, Explain two ways that stocks can be classified. Stocks can be classified as bearish or bullish. If a stock's bearish, basically it's projected to lose value over time, and if it's bullish, it's projected to gain value over time. So how might formulas be helpful to investors? Um, Formulas are gonna be helpful to investors because they use them to predict whether a stock's gonna go up or down, gain or lose money basically. It takes a certain amount of risk out of the equation because the formulas can be used to predict what's going to happen with a certain stock. It makes it less like gambling and more like investing if you're knowledgeable about the equations and how they apply to a stock's value. So the equations can kind of take out some of the scary aspect, like it takes out some of the chance basically when you're buying a stock. You can use this information provided to you in order to determine by yourself whether um, the stock is going to go up or down. So that's how formulas might be helpful to investors. So, yep. That's a...